You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the lead play in our, in our offense. We ask our YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet. Get an isolation with the with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's open. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. I'm joined alongside Tim live in Green Bay. Just here to talk a little Packers this evening. Uh, still no news on the coaching front. Obviously, everybody's kind of waiting for that to drop. Um, man, it could happen any second, you know, with more interviews and possibly a hire. It could uh, it could happen two weeks from now, so we really don't know. We've also got some uh, some football going on this week, believe it or not. Some people are going, "What are you talking about?" But we uh, we'll dive into it. We've got uh, the East West Shrine game, and then obviously we got the Reese's Senior Bowl. So if you guys want to want a little football, and, and obviously it's not going to be like I don't want to say it's not highly competitive, but it is what it is, right? Those guys are they're out there competing in, in front of scouts and all that good stuff to try to get drafted. But at the same time, it's not quite the same top of competition if you will um really you want to keep your your ear to the practice reports just about as much as anything sometimes people who shine during the during the practice week they're the ones who really garner the most attention um there's been several former packer players right who have uh obviously uh shown off and showed out um there at the senior bowl or the east west shrine game and it kind of puts them on the map you know i remember one year if i remember correctly geronimo allison was one and then all of a sudden he burst on the scene with the Packers, uh, I think the very following year, and he actually contributed. You know, he made quite a bit of difference on the field. Now, he didn't go on to have a great pro career, but that's just one example of a lower-tier guy. But there's several other people that we'll mention that Dane Brugler has put out there in the past that Matt Schneidman was tweeting about as well. And I know we got uh, several people here in the chat. First of all, Brent in Indiana, thank you for the super sticker, buddy. We really appreciate you supporting the stream. Um, Jake Shavink says, it's Senior Bowl week. Posse, let's go. We're fired up about it, Jake. Got some football this week, man. I think the NFL, and uh, I guess you could include college football into this, but mainly the NFL 
they do a great job keeping content year round. You know, like the way this is spread out, right? You got East West Shrine, you got Senior Bowl, and then obviously you're going to step into a week off. I think the Pro Bowl actually, right? And then the Super Bowl. They do the Pro Bowl in between, which whatever the Pro Bowl, whatever, is. whatever the Pro Bowl means or is out there, anymore. Out there slapping each other on the keister, right? But uh, anyway, you'll have the Super Bowl, and then you're going to have the Combine coming up pretty quick. You'll have free agency kicking off. Oh, by the way, the USFL and the XFL have merged, so we're going to have Spring Ball, which the would be UFL. Cool. I love it. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Is that what it's called? The UFL is what they is that I what believe they it. Yeah, United, United Football League. League. Yeah, got it. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, we're going to keep an eye on the chat. Um, let's see here. I'll tell you what, uh, I'll post this one right now so Jake can answer you in the chat. He would be the one to ask this question to. Magic One says, Clayton, are there any type of bettest running backs in this draft? Um, in the draft, we can never get that third and one yard. I um, love the question. Many bettest types. Shout yeah. out to Jerome the Bus, bettest. Yeah, one of my sure. favorite players growing up, man. He was <laughs> awesome. So Jake Shavink might be able to answer that for you. He's not quite the size of the bus, but – um, someone who went to the same college as Jerome Bettis and he runs hard is one of my favorites is uh, Audric Estime. I love that dude. Yeah, absolutely love him as a run. But again, you guys seen Sam Hartman in my mock draft later, so you know how that goes, right? So while we're like, waiting for Jake to reply, can I get a little plug in for uh, yeah, that here? We got the QR code up in the upper right. Uh, Jake Shavink dropped a podcast today, uh, Senior Bowl Superlatives. Make sure you check it out. You can scan that QR code in the upper right and it'll take you to always draft season. Uh, you know, it's always draft season with Jake Shavink. And, um, you know, he he's kind of the go-to, at least from my perspective. Uh, maybe maybe it's a little being a homer here. But, um, you know, if you need to know what the the latest is, you got to go check out Jake Shavink. So part of the Packernet crew, uh, you can scan that QR code upper right-hand corner. It'll take you to the flagship. Uh, you can check out uh, Ryan Schlepp's pod there and uh, Jake Shavink, too. It's always draft season. Always good information there. I actually, it's funny, I'm plugging them and I didn't even get a chance to listen yet. But uh, it, it was uploaded today, a good solid hour. So uh, make sure you check Jake out for sure. Definitely, definitely. Um, always good content with the uh, It's Always Draft Season podcast. There's no yep. doubt about that. We're, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to muscle Jake in here a time or 12, too, before the draft. I promise you that. Try not to I bug see the chat, good. Donald Krieger. This is Jake's season. <laughs> Absolutely, man. You got it. it. You know it. You know it. Let's see. Jake Shavik chimed in and said, Benson, estimate. Oh, my God. Estimate. And Alan, are you big boys? Are you big guys? Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. Andy in the chat said something, too. He said, any free agents you guys would want? I think a safety makes so much sense while still drafting one. I I'll do you one better, Andy. I think a safety or two makes sense at a good price. And you still draft two, <laughs> right? Like that's how bare that safety room is as it sits right now. So um, just to kind of do a quick recap, we did an exercise the other night, Andy. Uh, I'm sure you probably wasn't in here, but um, the the free agents that really caught our attention, and mainly because of their market price, is linebacker Bobby Wagner at roughly $4 million. Um, You know, he, he took a little bit of a step back from that elite performance he had the year before uh, with the Rams. But still, his passer rating when targeted was 81.0, um, much better than one starting linebacker on our current roster that was 155.0 that will remain nameless. Now, I don't want to dog on anybody too hard, but it is what it is. Um, so Bobby Wagner really piqued my interest. I yeah. would like to see it be Quay Walker, Bobby Wagner, Devondre Campbell, 
Isaiah McDuffie, right? Those four, and then possibly draft one too, maybe draft the future linebacker. And then if it doesn't work out with Campbell, uh, maybe you move on, what have you. But uh, that's one of them that caught our attention. Now, as far as safety, we had two safeties on our radar. One is Geno Stone, who was uh, in Baltimore last year, right? Um, his uh, PFF grade, he was the, let's see, if I remember correctly, he was the fourth highest graded safety, if I remember right. No, that wasn't it. What what was his rank? I'm trying to think of what that fourth was. Maybe maybe that was fourth. I know his passer rating when targeted, though, Geno Stones, was 37.9, right? Now, his fair market value as far as, as, far as you know, uh, Spotrack is concerned is $6.5 million. And you're thinking, man, that's a lot of money. Is he a starter? I think he is a starting caliber safety. I really do. Um, now, another one was Alohi Gilman. Um, from the LA Chargers at 2.7 million. His passer rating when targeted was 60.3. Those are the two safeties that really piqued my interest. Both of those guys are young. You could put, you know, put them on a three-year contract, right? And that will give you a little bit of cushion in that third year. If they do flop, you can get out of that contract in the third year. But I think you can compete with that. And some people are saying, Clayton, we don't have that kind of cap room. We go through this every year. <laughs> and we'll yep. again briefly. We broke down the cap the other day. And essentially what we came up with, a reasonable number that we could free up through restructures is $50.9 million. And like Drew Dean's chat pointed out for us, he went and looked up the number on over the cap, and you got a maximum restructure potential of like $85 million. Now, do I think they should free up $50 million? I don't. But I don't think it's a bad idea to free up 30 If you got these guys that you really like and your safety room is already bare, why not, re- why not reset the floor in your safety room and uh, you potentially get two starters and Bobby Wagner? If you've got all three of those players at their market value, which, by the way, last year, Spotrack was freaking spot on on the market value. There was a handful of players that were a little bit more than they predicted. There was a handful of players that were a little bit less, but they were right in the ballpark. Um, so $4 million for Bobby Wagner, 6 and a half for Geno Stone, 2 and a half for Alohi Gilman. Um, that would come to a total of roughly, what, 10 and a half, 12, 13 million dollars of that. Like we said, it'd be really, really easy to free up 30 million. Um, so I, I think that would be a really, really good free agent. So we also mentioned that Darnell Savage is, is showing five million dollars um, as market value. His passer rating when targeted was 109.4. He was the 73rd highest graded safety. So I just don't want to see it. I've got a a third name to throw in there while we're talking about uh, digging in the pocketbooks a little bit. What do you got? Um, I I still, Antoine Winfield Jr., man. I I still, he's on my radar. I I, I understand, you know, the cap and all the concerns, but going off of what Andy's saying, any free agent guys you want, safety makes so much sense. That's a dream, dream pick. That's a dream signing for sure. I mean, yeah, that's not lost on me that that's a long shot, but. Mm-hmm. You you got to think if Darnell Savage is not a Packer next year, um, a guy like Antoine Winfield, who will be, I believe, 26, I think he's 25 now, he'll be 26 next season, kind of puts you in a good good spot. Young enough, but experienced enough. He could bring some value uh, to the safety room, I think. Yeah, and the other thing, too, about An- Antoine Winfield that you, you kind of like, it sucks is they're probably going to franchise tag him. That's why I'm trying to not get my hopes up on that one because 
Tampa Bay really holds the cards there, right? All they got to do is slap a franchise tag on them, and you you don't got him. If you're telling me he's going to hit the market, I'd be willing to pay him that. What was it, Tim? We talked about eighteen million. Is that what it Something was? Like that. Yeah. And if you bang, there's your free safety. There's your guy playing center field. Whether you're playing shell or middle field closed, that's the guy that you want rotating to the middle of the field. He can help in the run as well. You do that and do what Magic's talking about here and get Newbin. <laughs> you're going to be looking at one happy Packer fan right here. Now, we all know how this is going to play out. They're not going to sign anybody but a bunch of no names, and we're going to be happy and, and like it anyway. But that is kind of the dream scenario for me and Tim. Yeah, if, uh, if they don't franchise uh, tag Winfield, I'd be okay with getting in a little bit of a bidding war there. Um, but with that being said, those are the ones we came up with. Again, I don't, I don't want to see Darnell Savage back for anything more than three million. To be honest with you, um, the only reason he'd be worth roughly three million to me is he knows the system. He knows yep. the system. He doesn't play very well in it, but he knows the system. <laughs> well, in what's whatever system that's going to be, right? Correct. Yeah, and new, it, new DC kind of, rolling in. Yeah, it kind of feels like it's not going to be a major change, whatever the, the path they go, which we're going to play a quick video here in a second, kind of an update on the coaching front as far as them looking to hire a D.C. But uh, another one we mentioned was center Connor Williams, but he's coming off an ACL. I think by the end of it, I'd talk myself out of it once we noticed the ACL mentioned there. Um, probably won't be back till November, especially being a big boy uh, offensive lineman like that on those joints. It's, it's pretty rough. But the price but, point is tempting with him, right? Yeah, like, six million. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe keep an eye on his rehab, you know, <laughs> keep, keep one eye on the rehab, see how he's doing. See, I don't know why Drew's got to piss me off already. He says, Adrian Amos, 71.8 PFF grade last year, by the way. God, Amari. <laughs> between him and Rasul Douglas, right? Yeah. Um, did he really? Did Adrian Amos? <laughs> really? Adrian Amos? Is P Drew D, was that his PFF grade this year? Or are you talking about? last year his last year with the Packers because I didn't think he played significant snaps but I I didn't follow it close either Drew I'd take Drew's word over over mine right yeah here. that's what I'm thinking right limited snaps maybe a higher grade yeah I think so I believe so um Savage is is higher than that what I said with the 73rd I that's that 109.4 that's what he's ranked 109.4 is his passer rating when targeted which was 73rd best in the league the one or the 60.3 for Alohi Gilman was 14th best in the league, and the 37.9 was fourth best in the league for Geno Stone. So that wasn't the PFF grade, although Savage's PFF grade finished somewhere around 75. But you guys know the inconsistency was really bad all year long. But uh, yeah, um, let's see here. It says 2023 player grades, but I don't have access to full PFF. That's that should be correct, then, man. Wow, I didn't realize he played that well. How many honest. snaps, man? We got to look that up. What did he play it? A hundred snaps? I'm gonna do year? it right now. You're gonna talk me into it. Say something smart, Tim. Uh yeah. I mean, you know, Adrian Amos was a guy that I I I did. I had a lot of love for him here, you know, his time in Green Bay. Thought it was cool that we, you know, snagged him from Chicago. And uh he was one of those guys that was proud to be a Packer when he got here. You know, Absolutely. he was real quick to turn in that Chicago card and uh be a Packer. And I I thought he was a little up and down, um, but all around solid guy. It just didn't work out with us keeping him but you know this year with with the Jets man I I don't think he played much did he play a lot of football he didn't play a lot of football um he finished with 264 snaps if I'm looking at this correctly he didn't okay. play after week 12 his grades were 55.5, 66.0, 74.3, 62.4, 60.0, 62.0, 73.5, 66.8, and 74.3. And it yep. looks like they're showing his defensive grade 
if I'm looking at it correctly here, his total defensive grade. Okay, there's the rest of the weekly history. Okay, 67.2, uh, 60.4, 62.2, 60.0. Yeah, his his uh, his stuff kind of diminished. It's weird how it was set up there, but yeah, it looks like uh, 71.8. You're right. Run defense was 89.6. Right. So so steady Eddie, right? Not a not super exciting, not yeah. down in the dumps, but just a yeah. solid solid guy back there. So. Yeah, yeah, much much love to Adrian Amos, man. Nothing but respect for that guy. But uh, you know, I don't I don't know. Maybe if the things you know if things changed or or worked out a little differently, he'd still be here. But I don't know about bringing a guy like that in. Is he a free agent? Will he be a free agent right now? Was he on a sure. one year deal with them? I'm not sure. Um, I know that the market wasn't there for him at all last year, which it was really surprising to me. I was expecting them to sign him before camp, you know, because it's like nobody picked him up. Then all of a sudden, boom, he burst on the scene there with the Jets. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and, again, you know, it, it, some people would refer to the guy like that as a progress stopper. You want to get your young guys snaps like an Anthony Johnson Jr., which Anthony Johnson Jr. graded out really poorly. But, uh, yeah, he said 265 snaps on defense, 195 on special teams with the Jets. So okay. um, that's what Drew D. just said in the chat. So it's, it's kind of cool to keep your – Keep your finger on them, right? And and yep. and kind of keep an an eye on how they do as they as they part. Let's go back to the chat here real quick. We had a couple more that I wanted to hit on. Uh, make sure I didn't miss them. Um, Doug earlier said, "I feel bad for Evero. Panthers hire a new head coach, but aren't allowing Evero to interview for new uh, for other DC positions." Yeah, that's the rules that are in place. Obviously, um, he said technically, as Clayton has said, they can veto lateral moves, but man, that's a bad look. I agree, Doug. Like it. it hey, we you're not good enough to be our head coach, but we're not going to let you look for other work. By the way, we're going to scrap everything else around you, but it's a contract, right? You know, the coaches can't hold out. They don't have the leverage that the players have to the best of my knowledge. Right now they do. From what I do understand, their contracts are guaranteed though. And there's an offset clause that if they get a job somewhere else, then that money, the differential, they're still going to get paid that amount. So the other team pays the differential. There's, there's some kind of really unique rule that's in place right there, but um, yeah, I agree. It is kind of a bad look. Like, hey, you're not good enough to be our head coach, but we're not going to let you go somewhere else. Uh, Andy says, okay, he asked about the free agents. We got that, right? Uh, 2-0 for this says, the cap isn't real, just like the Bears playoff hopes. <laughs> and it's funny, when you hear me talk about the cap, 2-0 for this, people people think I fall into that category of the cap is fake. I'm not one of those guys. The cap is very real. It's just very real from a, from a time-sensitive standpoint. You've got to get under that cap on schedule. If you find yourself behind the eight ball and you can't make that up, you end up having to cut people like a Zadarius Smith, like we did a few years ago to get under the cap because you couldn't work something out. You ran out of time, right? Now I will say this, an important date since we already brought it up and mentioned it. Uh, Zadarius Smith, you guys going right on schedule. I love it, man. Appreciate you guys in the chat. It's like you guys knew what I was talking about. going to talk about. Um, I was sitting here thinking, okay, if if it doesn't work out with Bach, what's probably the latest that we would cut him, right? Like what's what's around the, the, the time frame that we may let him go? And I don't know how his contract plays into the June 1st deadline. I'm not going to dive too deep into that stuff. But as you see here, uh, just a quick Google search on March 14th, 2022, Zadarius Smith, who would have been responsible for a $27.7 million cap hit in 2023, was released by the Packers to save $15.3 million in salary cap space. Now, it's important to mention this too, guys. Um, first of all, the date, right? We're looking at mid-March. It might be mid-March before we see the decision on David Bakhtiari. Now, we mentioned that 
our boy uh, Aaron Jones restructured his deal. It was mid-February, if I remember correctly. So we'll have our answer by then probably. Now, they may let it run all the way up to mid-March to give Dave the maximum amount of time to make a decision if he wants to take a pay cut or not, right? And uh, we'll see how that all plays out. But this is just a good time frame. But, the you know, the other aspect of it, too, remember when I just talked about give someone a three-year deal and have it to have it set up to where in the third year you can get out from under it and free up a lot of cap? This is the perfect example. You know, even though Zadarius Smith had one more year left on his deal, he was due $27.7 million, uh, million dollar cap hit in 2023. They cut him and freed $15.3 million, over half of that cap hit. That's because that's how Goody and Russ Ball structured those deals so that they can get out from under them if they do kind of flop or things go haywire there at the end of the contract. That's yeah, typically, here we go. <laughs> typically how they try to structure those things. So it's very important to, to note that. Now, back to the defensive coordinator talk, okay? Um, on Wildy and Tausch today, they kind of got into it. This is – you guys see my tweet. I put a tweet out there, and I tagged um, I tagged Wildy, I tagged Tausch. Um, I tagged, actually, I, I didn't tag Tausch. I tagged Wildy, I ta- tagged uh, Domofsky, and I tagged Schneidman. And I just asked, hey, is there any validity to this, this report that Christian Parker's been offered the job? And it was right. crickets, right? So the whole purpose of that tweet was to say, hey, guys, can you, I, I'm not asking you to confirm this, but hopefully they would confirm that they haven't heard that. That's all, that's all we were looking for. Right. Wildy made a little comment on his show and said, I seen where someone, and I love how he, he refused to mention a name, and that's okay. But he said, I seen where someone um, said, well, the insiders aren't talking about it, so that might mean it's true. I didn't say that must mean it's true, first of all. I'm pretty sure that's what he said. That must mean it's true. That's that's an inaccurate statement. I said, if the insiders are not talking about it, it, mean, it means it, it kind of makes you think maybe there's yeah. a little smoke to that fire. Why? It really makes you wonder a little bit. Because it would yeah. be really easy for them to go. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. 
With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I haven't heard that. It doesn't mean it isn't true. You're not saying it's fake news. You're just saying I haven't heard that, right? Yeah. And listen, no one should have to answer to anyone, especially some dumb schmuck on Twitter like me. It's just it was weird that he seemed like he got a little upset over that. And for me, it's like for just asking you a question, it's okay. I mean, if you don't if you don't want me to ask you a question, it's totally cool. It ain't a big deal. It was just trying to get one of that that confirmation. Like I haven't heard that, right? Well, he yeah. responded on his show after that little. That little uh, rant he went on. Talger cut him off, or else I think he was about to go in pretty hard. It's probably a good thing he did get cut off, to be honest. <laughs> um, anyway, this we is a clip, the clip right? right? Yeah, this is, I don't have the entire clip. Uh, this is just the clip of him talking about anything he may or may not know about Christian Parker. Okay. And again, this is from Wildy and Tausch on ESPN Radio. This is one of my favorite pods. I watch it every day. Like I watch it, I watch it on their YouTube channel every single day. I think they do an excellent job. I love Mark Tauscher. I like Wildy. Wildy has really grown on me too. I think Jesse does an excellent job producing too. But here's what they had to say about Christian Parker. Again, this picks up after he made the comment about, you know, um, the whole, you know, maybe this uh Maybe this could be true. But anyway, here's what Wildy had to say about the Christian Parker rumor. Putting stuff out there. I don't think that they do this for a living. I think they have other jobs and they I don't know if they know people around town who are telling them this. I don't know who their sources are. I can tell you that the conversations that a number of people who do this for a living were told was that this this is not what is happening right now. So I don't think that this job has been offered to anyone at this juncture. Now, look, I said this to a couple of my other insider buddies. Don't dismiss fan information out of hand. Because there have been some instances where fans have gotten things right. So I I always use the example of who broke the news of Patrick Mahomes' contract extension with the Chiefs. Champagne salesman. It wasn't Adam Schefter. It was a girl who worked at the liquor store where they came and bought a bunch of champagne to take back to the Chiefs' headquarters to celebrate him getting his extension. So do not be dismissive. So I am not dismissive. That said, when I talked to a couple of people, they said I don't know where they're getting that from. So I don't think... Christian Parker may end up being their defensive coordinator. I'm not, well, and then this person deserves. If that happens, this person deserves no bad boys. A- absolutely, they do, and I would not withhold that from them. I'm just saying that I think maybe do we some. We know who it was. Who this insider? I don't. Insider was? It was. It was not somebody who. Is it Derek Blakesley? It was not. No, and he prides himself on being an outsider. Uh, and he had a weird tweet during the game. But he that wants I, to be. But he wants to be an insider. All right, so can we take a moment to uh, shout out Big B real quick because he broke the the Aaron Rodgers uh, thumb thumb issue before Correct. before any. <laughs> so you talk about fan fan inside information. Shout out to Big B. Um, he broke that last season. That was great. So yeah, kind of kind of along the same lines of what they're talking about. So you can't 
you can't discount if you're if you're if you're uh, connected in any way, shape, or form, and have valid information. We got to look at it seriously, right? Yeah. Drew D says he does seem mad. Uh, the, I, I probably should have played the clip before, but I don't want to put him on blast. It was just strange. It was just like a taking stuff, completely changing the wording that someone says. Yeah. You can try to prove a point like you're a little bit like upset about it. A little bit awkward. A lot of, a lot of I do this for a living's in there, too. Yeah, that's uh, and there was another podcaster that got absolutely roasted for that, and rightfully so. Uh, yep. Simply, you know, with all due respect. I do this for a living. We are not the same. It's such a strange way to. We do it for a living too. Hit us with the super chat. <laughs> <laughs> Click that like button. We're here. <laughs> it's like, ah, anyway, it ain't worth it. Again, I respect Rudy. I have a lot of respect for Tauscher. Um, Like I said, I think Jesse does a great job on that program too. I'm watching every day. I'm a big fan. It's just a weird, weird vibe. Very weird vibe. And, you know, like like Donald says, you know, that's fair enough from Wildy. I agree. I don't think it's anything too far, you know, out of line or anything. But Drew D says, oh, come on, Wildy. Wildy knows, just refuses to say the name. That's the <laughs> part that bothers me. Like, what do we do on our show? We went out and, and tried to mention it was it was Andrew Murtig, right? Yep. That, I believe it was his name. Like, yep. we wouldn't give him complete credit for that. Like, hey, look, he's the one. And here's the thing. I didn't just go, well, this Andrew guy's saying it. I shot him a message and said, hey, Andrew, are you okay with me talking about this on the show? Because and he stood behind it, he stood yeah, behind what he said. Absolutely. If he just said, ah, you know, hold up because I'm starting to second guess it, totally cool. But he was like, yeah, no, man, I, I mean, that's what I was told. So, and it's even true. if this doesn't pan out, and even if quote unquote that's wrong, it doesn't mean that he didn't have information. It doesn't Correct. mean that, you know, this is one of those things. Time will tell once this is confirmed. Like I said this morning, for all we know, it's going to be someone that's on none of our radars, whether you do it for a living or not. We we could all be totally wrong. Yeah, I don't. These guys, they don't do this for a living. They have normal jobs. You Man, sure about that? <laughs> you sure about that? Although people, I wish I had a nickel for every time someone asked me, what the hell do you do for a living? How do you do podcasting twice a day? And, you know, it's just funny. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, Doug Pointer said, if you can't trust your liquor salesperson, who can you trust? Amen, Doug. <laughs> Like I pointed out, I'm 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 named after a night shift, a liquor store night shift manager, right? So there you go. Drew D said, Yeah. So you know, since we don't do it for a living, buy a hoodie, people. Jeez. <laughs> um, too old for this says the liquor store is the water cooler of Wisconsin. <laughs> There's a lot of truth to that. A lot of truth to that. Uh, let's see. Doug says, Wildy and Schneiden, best of Packer beat guys. Wildy was testy. I like them both too. Um, I love Wildy's commitment to daily programming and I like other than their uh other than their game show segment or whatever that's usually when I turn it off but man when they're just talking ball god it's so good it's so good and him having Bulaga on with him and other cats it's just it's, if you guys aren't watching Wildy and Taos you're missing out it's a great program but Absolutely. Matt Snobman has become my my pre-game ritual if you will when I'm getting ready to do my show at eight o'clock um, now he's done for the season, but the Matt Schneidman show is right here on this TV at seven o'clock yep. and this screen's muted and I'm just, you know, tuning into him. I think Matt Schneidman does a good job of he'll, he'll dig a little bit deeper. Not that he's trying to dig, dig to dirt or anything, but he'll, he'll give you kind of the, 
And some of the other guys are more like they're going to save it for their program. They're going to save it for their riding. And that's cool. You know, everybody's free to approach it how they want. But I agree. Wildy and Schneidman are two of the best, for sure, yeah. if not the two best. So. Schneidman's pure uh, objectivity, too. You know, you're not getting – we know he's not a, a fan. So he's – Correct. He's, just, he's coming at that from that that journalistic standpoint of I want to get to the bottom of any and every story because it's my job to cover the Packers. And he'd do the same thing if he ended up on, you know – you know, the Cowboys beat or whatever. Um, so that just is a testament to him at, at what he does. So, uh, yeah, you know, when it comes to the insiders or the the do this for a living crew, I, li- I like them all. I just have, you know, my preferences, right? You know, they're covering our team, whether or not you agree with them or their approach. I mean, even Rob Domofsky, right? We, we like to talk about Rob. Um, he's been on the beat for a long time and you got to respect that. And, uh, you know, one thing we get a lot of times from those quote unquote insiders is, is accuracy. And it, it is, it's because they're taking their job seriously and uh, they're coming at it from one angle. And that, that angle is uh, journalism and you have to respect people that do that. Yeah, for sure. Eric Sutherland said, buy a mug, hit the thumbs, hit the thumbs up, tell Tim he's the goat. I like it. Uh, let's <laughs> see here. Two old for this actually says, should have asked if it was 65% that Parker is our DC. So uh, there you go. I got sixty five percent. Sixty five percent. Love it. Um, Eric Sutherland said, "What's a normal job?" <laughs> He'd love to see it. Uh, oh. Let's see here. Drew D in the chat says, "What does Michael Lombardi say?" There's always an agenda when info gets leaked out. It's exactly what he says, Drew. Exactly what he says. Um, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Now. It, hey, you know, I think if I was an insider and someone at twelve sixty five said, "Hey, you don't say nothing." about nothing don't confirm don't deny don't say anything i don't know then i would i would play it the same way as these you know it seems like these guys are playing it right you know and whether or not that's the case we don't know but i know i would take my job seriously if i had credentials and and i was told not to speak about something until it's confirmed i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna compromise my own integrity to you know get the scoop or whatever yeah yeah, Doug in the chat says Schnobbin will say things on the show he won't write. I like that. I agree. That's that's a really good way to describe how he kind of runs his show for sure. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, what is this? Uh, I don't know if I want to put this up for you or not, Drew D. That seems a little <laughs> – I'll, I'll leave that one back there for a minute. Um, I'll let you read it, Tammy. If you want to put it up, you put it up. That will be the second the second confirmation there with that. But uh, let's – uh. Let's talk a little bit about – see, we hit on the Zadarius Smith date, right? We'll come back to the chat here in a second, guys. Um, let's talk about some of the ball that's coming up this week, right? Some of the football that's coming up this week. Um, so, East-West Shrine game, right? East-West Shrine game. It's ready for the 99th East-West Shrine Bowl. Um, witness the future NFL stars. The date is going to be February the 1st. I believe that's Thursday, if I'm looking at the calendar correctly. And it's going to be kickoff at 7 p.m. Central Time on NFL Network. Uh, should be a good time watching some of the future players. Now, uh, obviously, you've got the Senior Bowl coming up as well. Matt Schneidman tweeted this out and said it was it was a Dane Brugler tweet, right? Dane Brugler said, key Senior Bowl storylines this week. You cannot bet the Bo Nix buzz will – or you can bet the Bo Nix buzz will grow maybe into the top ten. Underrated pass rushers will be a theme. Which wide receivers shine? He went on 
for several others. And the reason I want to pull this tweet up is because Matt Schneiman said, recent Packer draft picks who played in the senior bowl, Jordan Love, Devontae White, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Kingsley Nigbore, Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, Dontavian Wicks, and Carl Brooks. Worth a look at Dane's coverage from Mo, uh, from Mobile this week if you're a Packers fan. So big names there, Tim. Like, I mean, my gosh, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six. Really, you could say seven starters on the Packers played in the senior bowl in the last two years. If I'm, well, not the last two years. Jordan Love was several years ago, but you get you get what I'm saying. So uh, a lot of big names there, Tim. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I some people kind of crawl under a rock or live in a hole around this time of year. I don't. I love this time of year. Uh, we get stuff like this. And um, I don't know. It's still exciting, man. You know, football is 365, man. Every day there's there's something to talk about and uh, something to look at. And like SDN40 here says, you know, Packers love their senior ball guys. I don't think that's the secret. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no we can see this right here for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, Doug, going back to the Wildy stuff, said, Donald, to be fair, Wildy is the main target for Matt LaFleur bullets and pressers. I get the frostiness of the comment. Uh, <laughs> they, it gets it gets pretty uh, pretty funny there. Yeah, do that, Drew. Shoot me a message, buddy. I just didn't want to – I didn't know if you wanted that aired out on the podcast. I know you put it in the chat for a reason, but, um, yeah, appreciate you, pal. Uh, let's see here. You already got Jake Shavink coming in with some, some – uh, some uh, good information here on the senior bowl. He says, I hope I'm saying this right. Kitten, Oladipo, and Cam Kinchins at safety. You guys have heard us talk about Kinchins, right, being many people have him as a top safety in the draft. I personally, as my board sets right now, I like Newbin better, but I am definitely in the minority with that. Kenyon Mitchell, Max Melton, Kyrie Jackson at corner in the senior bowl. So that would be really, really uh, fun to uh, to kind of see how that plays out all week long. Um, let's see here. Mike Hebring says, watching senior bowl practices is life. It's funny you mentioned that because we've actually got the schedule right here for you, Mike. Um, bowl practices this week, okay? This is how it sets up. You've got uh, – it's going to be at Hancock-Whitney Stadium, obviously. Um, Tuesday, which is tomorrow, if you guys are watching live with us, if you're listening on the pod, this may go live tomorrow, which we're going to start trying to get the content out uh, quicker for you guys. If everything goes as planned, as soon as we wrap up the morning show and the evening show, we're going to go ahead and make it go live on the podcast. So you're not having to wait till the next day to get the content. We actually had a listener message us and ask about it. And I ran it by Ryan and he was okay with it. So um, tomorrow, Tuesday, 9.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. I'm assuming, I don't know what the, I mean, they don't give a time. Uh, Jake, if you can, uh, can confirm that for us in here, man. Yeah. Uh, is that central or eastern time there? Because I and what be what network is this NFL network, or is this who's got who's who's televising any of these? If anything, great question. I know that the East West Shrine Game was going to be televised by NFL Network. As far as the practices for the Senior Bowl, I'm not sure. It's saying NFL Network. I bet they'll have around the clock coverage of the practices. It seems like they always do. So I would say, if I had to guess him, I would say it's NFL Network. For sure. Probably on a loop or something. So even if you miss it, you can probably catch another one. Probably so. But I'm assuming with this being in Alabama, it's probably Eastern time. So just so you guys know, set your clocks accordingly. Oh, wait, I'm, we got Jake Jake in the chat. Um, what he said. 
mobile Alabama, okay, so central, central. central time. Okay. Got it. So these are central time. These are Lambeau times right here. 9.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. The national team will be practicing. And then from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m., the American team will be in, uh, will be practicing. Then on Wednesday, same time, you'll have 9.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Central time, national team practicing. 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Central time, the American team practicing. And then on Thursday, same exact thing, 9.30 to 11.30 national, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central will be the American team practicing. So you're going to have three straight days of coverage of practice. Um, from the uh, the Reese Senior Bowl, so that'll be a lot of fun to kind of get a glimpse at these guys. And if you really know who to follow, my big one is Daniel Jeremiah. And I know many people that I've talked to, like Dane Brugler, I'm sure he does a great job too. But I love Daniel Jeremiah's updates that he that he typically tweets. Him and Bucky Brooks, I know they were just on NFL Network earlier. They're down there, so uh, um, they might have been at the Shrine Game. Uh, at least Bucky Brooks was. But if you follow those two guys. Um, Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah on Twitter. You'll stay up to date for sure. I'll tell you another one you want to follow. Jake Shavink. Go find Jake Shavink on Twitter. Jake, put in the comments your Twitter handle, buddy. I don't know how the hell you don't have more followers, bro. It blows my mind. Um, but you should you should have way more than me. I'm a knucklehead. Um, you uh, you guys make sure you follow him. He'll be tweeting out stuff too. I'm sure he's Absolutely. always got always got gems that he tweets set, out. So set your uh, set your notifications for his tweets. For sure. Definitely. Definitely. Now, as far as the Senior Bowl itself, it says the Reese Senior Bowl is widely regarded as the uh, preeminent college football all-star game in the first stage in the NFL draft process. The longest continual running all-star game has taken place in Mobile, Alabama uh, the past 74 years. More than 900 NFL personnel, including key decision makers from all 32 teams and over 1,100 media members from around the country, were credentialed this year. This past April, the game produced 100 total picks, 100 total picks for the third straight year, representing 40% of the entire NFL draft, including 40 selected on the first two days. So you're getting you're getting 40 basically first-slash-second-round prospects that are going to be playing most likely and 100 total picks for the third straight year. That's absolutely wild. Again, that's going to be on Saturday. Kickoff is 12 p.m. Central Time, Saturday, February the 3rd, 2024, um, down there in Mobile, Alabama. And uh, it's going to be at the University of South Alabama, Hancock-Whitney Stadium. On TV, you can catch it on NFL Network. And then, uh, obviously, if you want to attend it, they said the tickets are on sale for that, too. So um, they may already be sold out by the time you hear this, but I'm not sure. Pretty exciting stuff, though, Tim. You get a, get a chance to see some of the future of the NFL um, and what they can kind of bring to the table. And, again, what I like – I'm not the one that just sits and watches the whole practice. I'm sure Jake does. I'm sure he's sitting there rewinding it like I do watching a live football game, going back and what formation were they in, what technique was he in, what was the guy doing on the sidelines. Ooh, that ref got taken out. The whole whole thing takes me forever to watch a ball game. I'm usually fast-forwarding by the end to try to get caught up. But uh, um, what I like to do is follow the tweets, like I said, with people like Daniel Jeremiah and guys like that because they're giving you the updates. So-and-so absolutely dominated this matchup in practice, right? Those little things. You can make notes for your draft draft boards, all that good stuff. So, yeah, Jake Shavink said his Twitter handle is at Jake NFL Draft. So it's at J-A-K-E, capital N, capital F, capital L, capital D, R-A-F-T, no spaces, no symbols, nothing like that, at Jake NFL Draft. Make sure you guys go give him a follow. going to be really, really cool um, getting his coverage of uh, of Senior Bowl or uh, yeah, of the Reese Senior Bowl as well as the uh, 
um, East West Shrine game, all that good stuff too. Uh, um, put in the chat there, Jake. What's the difference between the two? I was having a hard time kind of differentiating. Like, what's the difference between the East West Shrine game and the Senior Bowl? Obviously, the Senior Bowl they're all seniors. Goes without saying. But the East West Shrine game is it kind of like those same players that the the guys that are like maybe juniors that are looking to come out and they're getting a chance to showcase their skills for scouts at the same time. Let me know that. I was trying to figure out exactly how that plays. I don't know what the credentials are. So, uh, yeah, like Mike Hebring pointed out, Senior Bowl will be on NFL Network. We got Carly in here with us now. Carly, how are you doing this season? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? Doing good. We're just geeking out over a little bit of uh, Senior Bowl and East West Shrine Week. So, uh, it's going to be fun, right? Um, you know what? I don't have really have a clue what those are. So, cool. <laughs> They're essentially all-star games for the college football players who are looking to enter the draft. Um, okay. So, Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Jake Shavink says, "What's even more confusing now is that juniors can participate in either one." Yeah, that that really doesn't oh. help, does it, Jake? So the Senior Bowl isn't actually the Senior Bowl anymore. Evidently, <laughs> it's the uh, it's the Senior Bowl that juniors are allowed to participate. So there you go. But it's like we- it's like Senior Prom, you know, it's like that Senior Prom, but then you know, half the people there were underclassmen because the you know couldn't get dates with people their own age. Yeah, and then you had you know. You had eighth graders like me sneaking into the prom and drinking under the bleachers in the gymnasium and all that good stuff as a oh. young hoodlum. So, <laughs> you are. God's grace is efficient. I'll just say that. All right, it is. It is. Amen. Amen. There's no doubt. Um, yeah, get get AA out of here. That's just weird. Let's let's go ahead and block that cat. There will be absolutely no Tom Grassi slander in here. I'll just go ahead and say that. Okay. So. What the hell's going on out here? <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Uh, I don't care if you were joking. You're not gonna. You're not gonna dog Tom Grassy in here. Roadhouse. A uh, bye bye. See ya. Um, Plate, you just lost a subscriber. Ask me if I care. Uh, <laughs> Eric Sutherland says so. The Senior Bowl is like women's swimming, but dudes can compete. Oh Lord, I know. <laughs> Why do I do this to myself with Eric Sutherland? I'm about to put you in timeout, man. Yeah. Anyway, so normally what we do. Is you know we've been we've been big on the consensus big board right. I, I am not much on mock drafts as you guys can already tell. I have people going do another mock draft tonight, do another mock draft, and I'm not real big on it. We'll do plenty, trust me. But I'm big on the big board because it's ranking the prospects. That's what I care more about is the ranking the prospects. But we are going to walk through the consensus mock draft. Okay, so this right here is on the consensus big board website. If you go to if you Google consensus big board or you go to NFL mock draft database you'll be able to find this website. It's absolutely phenomenal. They do a great job of taking a multitude of media personalities. Some people well-respected, others maybe not, but they put all this information in one database and it gives you kind of an average on the consensus big board. The consensus big board is one tiny element of my finished product of my big board uh, that you guys will see by the time we we go live for our draft coverage. But um, this right here, though, is a consensus mock draft. So it takes everyone's mock drafts, puts it in the database, and it shows you what percentage these players were taken, where they were taken. Does that make sense, Tim? Yeah. So, Absolutely. all right. So here is what it looks like. All right. Let's just kind of roll through it, and I'll get your opinion on it as we go. Chat. I want to get your all's uh, opinion too. So uh, here we go. Caleb Williams, number one, eighty-three percent mock draft popularity. Okay, eighty-three percent of the mock drafts have Caleb Williams going number one to the Chicago bears. Number two, 72% of the mock draft database 
has Drake May, quarterback from North Carolina, going to the Washington Commanders. All right, so still a pretty big number there. Quarterback Jaden Daniels has now climbed to the number three spot. They're predicting that the New England Patriots will take Jaden Daniels. I love Jaden Daniels. Me and Jake have had all kinds of conversations about Jaden Daniels. Um, The big thing about Jaden Daniels that I think people are going to learn here real quick is his football IQ. When they start having him in for the interviewing process at the combine and stuff, and probably Jaden Daniels, if you want to put a plug in there in the in the chat, uh, Jake, uh, where Jaden Daniels fits into these All Star games, but I'm hearing that that he is going to absolutely rock NFL scouts with his football knowledge. So this doesn't surprise me that that the consensus mock draft database has him going number three to the New England Patriots and. What a better way to kind of kick off um, a new era in New England than to take a quarterback right off the bat, right? And he's a guy who's a dual threat, but um, absolutely, you know, deadly accurate as a quarterback, very smart player, seems to protect the football well, all that stuff. Um, But those top three picks, Tim, Carly, you got any comment, questions on those top three picks? We got three quarterbacks going right off the bat. That doesn't surprise me in a quarterback-heavy draft. Um you know this. This may very well end up being your your first four picks of the draft. Um, mm-hmm. If anything's going to keep Marvin Harrison Jr. out of the top three, it's going to be one of these quarterbacks. Um, you know, and you you got to think about best available, but also needs. Clearly, you know those the the Bears, the the uh, what are they called? The Washington Football, oh the the Commanders and Commander, the. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and the uh the the Patriots all clearly need a quarterback. So, you know, I, I could see the first three picks being QBs for sure. And again, I'm not remotely close to being a draft expert at all. Um, but this looks pretty uh pretty accurate. And um who knows, maybe my prediction will come true that uh the Bears will take Caleb Williams and ruin him in two or three seasons like they do with <laughs> quarterbacks. History oh. uh history suggests that'll happen. Carly, you got anything to add to this? So this is like revealing how little I know of the mechanics of how the draft really works. But I had heard rumors that Caleb Williams was going to refuse to go to the Bears or something like that. Can they do that? What was can you kind of explain what that was about? It's America. You can do whatever you want. Um, (laughs) He's a Packer fan, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you don't believe me? Just see how I rooted for Joe Barry this year. You would think that that I wasn't allowed. To do that. <laughs> uh, with Caleb, though, there were rumors coming out. And Jake, if you want to mention in the chat um, whether there was any validity to this or if I'm completely off base, I believe they were fake rumors that Caleb Williams was basically saying he would not enter the draft unless the Bears basically agreed that they wouldn't draft him. Essentially, wow. something like that. Now, I don't think it was true but I could be wrong. Well, in- I'll tell you one thing that is true. The Bears still suck. Big facts right there, Tim. Um, I think there was a tweet that Caleb Williams did like where it was someone saying they shouldn't draft him, and he liked that tweet, though. <laughs> so <laughs> I've seen a lot of Go Pack Go tweets on his timeline, too. Yeah, here we go. We might have us an answer here. Jake said there was a troll tweeter out there with a blue check mark that said that. 
but no one in draft media with with credibility has said anything about it. Got it. So it's probably not true. Caleb Williams is probably going to be a Chicago Bear this year, but with there with there being three quarterbacks at the top of the list, they're going to have their pick of the litter, right? So it's going to be interesting to see who they deem as the as the best uh, best quarterback. Um, I know. Uh, let's see. Jake said something else in here. Let me hit on it real quick. Um, he says Daniels talking about uh, Jaden Daniels equals electricity. That's a great description, in my opinion, of what I've seen with Jaden Daniels this year at LSU. Now, when he goes into these interviews, and if he does what I'm hearing he's going to do and absolutely blows their mind when it comes to the football intellect, kind of like on the Bryce Young level, you know, that was the thing that soared him to the top was he was just – his football IQ was crazy. Imagine that. I mean, that dude, he's he's liable to go number one, honestly. Like, we don't, we don't know. There's a – the the – to me, the most important aspect of the combine, in my opinion, are the interviews. That's a chance for them. The, the interviews and the background checks are the big things for me. I don't think that there's there's much that happens at the combine that makes a team go, ah, you know what? He looked absolutely perfect on tape, but I don't like the way he did that shuttle. I don't think it's that. Now, I think the interviewing process in combination with something like that, I could be wrong, but that's just kind of how I see it. Um, so, yeah, he's he's going to be something else. Uh, Jake said, "I wish Daniels was going to be in Mobile, uh, but I'm excited to see how he handles the process." So it sounds like he's not going to be in Mobile, and I don't I don't blame him one bit. You know, you go out there and risk getting hurt, that type of thing. Paul Robertson said, "Eric's big board is written in crayon." <laughs> that might be the line <laughs> of the night. <laughs> Doug Pointer says, "My advisor at the liquor store said the Bears will trade out of the first pick." <laughs> got got, uh, got good sources down there. Doug Pointer said, "I just spent a week in Chicago last week." I wouldn't go there either. So, there you go. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. playoffs. You kidding? Let's see here. What's the bear? Two over. This is what's the Bears take McCarthy? I would. I would be. Oh my God! You talking about throwing every throwing a wrench into everything? I don't. I don't see. What's take Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> yeah. Hey. To me, that'd probably be the best move. But you're. I don't know. You are looking for a franchise quarterback there, right? So. Uh, it is what it is. I know some Bears fans will still disagree and say that Justin Fields is the guy. But so there's your projected top four picks with Arizona taking Marvin Harrison Jr. there at number four. Let's slide down to the next four, okay, real quick here. And just I, I apologize for the ads. There's nothing I can really do about it, but close them out. Um, the uh, LA Chargers at number five, Brock Bowers, tied in out of Georgia, absolute stud. You guys know on my draft board, he's in my top tier. Um, he's just going to be. I think he's going to be an amazing pro. Uh, you guys have watched him at Georgia. Some would suggest he was the best tight end in football last year uh, when he couldn't come out or chose not to come out. I'm not sure exactly uh, how he fell into those uh, limitations or whatever. But uh, mock draft popularity, 47% think he's going to the Chargers. Okay, Number six, Malik Neighbors, wide receiver LSU. That was Jaden Daniels' his number one target. Uh, 56% of the mock draft popularity say he's going to the New York football giants. Number seven, offensive tackle from Notre Dame, Joe Alt going to the Tennessee Titans, 42% of the mock draft popularity there. Number eight, Dallas Turner, edge defender from Alabama. Uh, 45% of the mock draft popularity says he's going to Atlanta. Number nine, the Bears are back on the clock. They're saying Rome Adunzi, I think is how you say his name. Wide receiver out of Washington, 23% mock draft popularity there. And then at number 10, you got the New York Jets with, uh, I can't say the first name, but it's Fashanu, offensive tackle from Penn State. 
absolute stud at offensive tackle, 28% mock draft popularity. Number 11, Minnesota Vikings, Jared Verse from Florida State. He's an edge defender, 23% mock draft popularity. Number 12, Bo Nix, quarterback from Oregon, 19% popularity, going to the Denver Broncos there. Number 13 with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, quarterback J.J. McCarthy going number 13, 17% mock draft popularity. So that's how many quarterbacks now? One, two, I think that's five now. Yeah, five quarterbacks in the top, what is that, top 13 picks. That is absolutely wild. Um Number 14 to the Saints, you've got Fuaga, offensive tackle from Oregon State, 13% popularity there. Number 15, the Indianapolis Colts select Nate Wiggins, cornerback out of Clemson, 19% popularity there. 16% Jerzan Newton, defensive lineman, hands down the best defensive lineman in this draft from what I've seen. Popularity, 23% for him going to the Seattle Seahawks. A um, little bit little bit higher than the previous, what, five, maybe five picks, five picks surrounding him there. So people feel really good about him going to Seattle if he's on the board. Number 17, Cooper DeGene, uh, cornerback out of Iowa, um, 16% mock draft popularity. I know many Packer fans went, what the crap, because they want him at 25. They're projecting he's going to be gone by 17. This is early, though. A lot of things can change. And Goody's got a gang of draft picks. He Don't sure does. He could trade up. For a trade uh, up. Everybody's wanting Cooper DeGene other than me, I believe. I think it's awesome. It's not that I don't want him. I'm just not as like as in love with him like other people, I guess you could say. Um, number 18, Cincinnati Bengals offensive tackle, J.C. Latham. You know, you want to get your boy Burrow healthy and, and give him another offensive tackle to protect him, him coming out of Alabama there. 23% mock draft popularity to the Bengals. Number 19, probably the coolest name in the draft, Kool-Aid McKinstry out of uh, Alabama, cornerback. 10% mock draft per, uh, popularity going to the L.A. Rams. Number 20, Amarius Mims, offensive tackle from Georgia, going to the Pittsburgh Steelers, 17% popularity. Number 21, you've got Troy Fontana, offensive tackle out of Washington, 20% um, 20% mock draft popularity. Looks like this finally froze on me here. We may have to load it back up right before we get to the Packers, of course. Let me read these off. We may have to load it back. That's hilarious. Um, so 20% popularity going to the Dolphins there. 22, Terrion, uh, Terrion Arnold, cornerback from Alabama, going to the Eagles at 22, 16% popularity. 23, the Houston Texans, um, Dominion, I think I'm saying it right, Robinson, Penn State, edge defender. 10% popularity there. And then you got Tyler Gotten, 13% popularity going to the Dallas Cowboys at number 24. All right, we're back. So now we get to the Packers pick. All right. And that was that's an offensive sign, Clayton. It froze on you. Goody's trading up. That's, that's what it was. Hey, hold up, big boy. Going up. picking at 25. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So at 25, the mock draft database, right? 10% popularity. It's kind of low, to be honest with you, but. 10% of them say Graham Barton, interior offensive lineman from Duke. Um, man, I would be okay with shoring up right guard if he's an absolute stud. Sometimes, I mean, if I remember correctly, Tim, that's the best interior offensive lineman, right? That's the first one taken here. There was no other interior offensive lineman, so that would be the top one. Jake, if you're still in the chat, tell us what you think about Graham Barton. What do you know about him out of Duke? And uh, it won't, you know, there's nothing really to click on here. I'll see if I can pull him up here in a second. As a matter of fact, we'll just back up real quick 
and we will go to the consensus big board if it'll let me. Let me close that out, and we'll come back in. Give me just a second, gang. So we close that out. I'm going to go right back to it because I'd like to see what they think about him for sure. Uh, there you go. Read it off, Tim, as I pull that back up. Uh, Jake's just jumped in here. Graham Barton played every O-line position at Duke. So Zach Tom uh, 2.0, baby. Yeah, yeah. You talk about a, you know, we're not talking a swing tackle. We're talking about, you know, the definition of an offensive lineman literally can play across the line. Now, of course, going translating that to the NFL can be a different story, and there'll be a learning curve. But um, if he's got that versatility built in, certainly is an asset here in Green Bay with uh, our offensive line. So, oh yeah, no doubt about it, man. No doubt. Let's see what let's see what we got here. He's he's definitely obviously he's the twenty eighth best prospect. He's the top interior offensive lineman. Like I said, he's going to be playing in the Senior Bowl. You see the logo, man. I tell you. Mock draft uh, or the uh, yeah the NFL mock draft database.com does an excellent job. You see all these Reese's signs, right? Making me hungry. Well, I'm a Reese cup nut too. Just so you guys know, I know y'all are interested in that information, but um, he, all these guys are going to be playing in the Reese's Senior Bowl. So look for Graham Barton updates this week, right? He's the 28th best prospect. He peaked at 19. That means he got as high as 19 on the consensus big board. Um, there now, when we click on them, let's see if it has anything here. Projected first round overall rank 28th, best rank was 19th. Uh, first round percentage, he was mocked in the first round 52.8% of the time. His consensus was 25th. Okay, and you can kind of see his chart where he peaked. It, it looked like around October 6th, he had his highest stock and he's kind of dropped since then, raised back up. You can see how you could kind of follow it throughout the entire. 2023 season. I love how they do that too. So he kind of kind of settled in there toward the end of the season. What I'm going to do now, I'm going to close that out. And before we wrap the show up, we're at the 57 minute mark. I'm going to try to pull up um, PFF, his PFF college grade. You go ahead though and uh, keep going, Tim, with the chat. Let's. Uh, Jake just checked in again. Uh, his quick agility, balance, strength, very good. Uh, he has the perfect game to be a great pass pro guy at guard or center, which obviously means he'll fit in well here in Green Bay. Uh, lack of arm length is why he gets kicked inside. So, you know, that's a not much a guy can do about his uh, the length of his arms, I guess. So, um, you know, that's one of the things you got to just develop through or play around. But um, could be a good pick for us if we do, in fact, stay stay at 25 and he's still on the board for sure. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. So when I pull it up on PFF here, uh, according to their college grades, uh, last year he graded out a 75.9, not bad. Um, they're showing him as the 47th best tackle, okay? Now that's just PFF grade. Of course, that's not the uh, that's not the only thing that matters. When you click on his profile here, yeah, his offensive grade was 75.9, pass blocking grade 78.2, run blocking grade 71.2, status is A. Um, it looks like if you go back to last year, Tim, what did we talk about? Man, I'm going to share the screen on here just so you guys can see this. This is this is great stuff right here. Um, remember last year when we talked about – I told you I would never make this mistake again. I said Jaden Reed snuck up on me. Y'all remember me talking about that? Yep. Um, reason being, he had kind of a down year in 2022. And then you go back and watch 2021, and it was like, holy cow, he lit it up in 2021. Look at his year-by-year -year grade here as far as uh, Graham Barton there out of uh, – uh, tackle out of Duke, like I said, 6'5", 314 senior, 75.9 um, this year, right? Look at last year's grade right here, guys. 88.2 yep. last year. So I mean, you're seeing progress. I oh, mean, yeah. call, call it what you want. Just looking at these, these grades and metrics, that's progress. Yeah, 61.9 in 2020, 
2021, 2022, 88.2, and then dipped back to 75.9 in 2023. But, man, that right there just screams a goody pick, taking someone that might fall to him that, like, hey, if he had came out last year, he probably would have been a top-ten pick, right? If he could have. I don't know if he could have or not. I'm sure he could have. but um, Certainly a guy that could compete for snaps at center and right guard at the very least. Yeah, definitely, man. Can I uh, can I ask a question about those grades? Yeah, absolutely. Are those college grades like how do they compare to NFL grades? Is it still kind of the same scale? If you put them side by side, would you expect to see a drop, or is it um, is it easier to get a higher grade in college? Yeah, so it's the same exact grading style, you know, Carly. But what you got to take into consideration, they're playing against college talent, right? So. Um, you expect it to drop. You know, you'll hear me say throughout the season, if a rookie grades out in the 60s in the NFL, I feel like that's a good grade for a rookie. To me, that's a pretty good, like, okay, if you're grading out in the 60s consistently, that's a pretty good indication that he's going to be a good pro, in my opinion. At least I've seen it across the league. It, it hasn't worked out as well for some players like Eric Stokes. He graded out in the 60s his rookie year, took a step back in year two, took another step back in year three. But, like, uh, you know, Jair was one, if I remember correctly, his rookie year. I think he graded out in the 60s, I believe, and then he just skyrocketed after that. So if you grade out in the 60s, that's what's getting me really hype about Lucas Van Ness. He was kind of hovering right there in the 60s, right? So uh, I think he's going to – he's showing all the signs he's going to be a good prospect. So um, it you can't compare those grades to the NFL grades if that's what you're asking because you're expecting these young players to take a drop-off. Now, you guys know last year – Hands down, my best prospect in the draft was Jalen Carter, right, defensive lineman that went to the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know where he finished on the year. I should probably try to pull that up real quick. But most of the year, he was grading out in the 90s. So he was like – it translated right over, Carly. I mean right over for Jalen Carter. Now, again, he may have – he may not have finished the year as strong. I'm going to go out real quick and see if I can find that because I would like to know just for my own selfish uh, reason here. But uh, let me top it in real quick, Carter, and see exactly where he finished. Jalen Carter, Jalen Carter. Because he was a stud early on. I mean, they it was hard to keep him out of the starting lineup there in Philadelphia. And, and you know, with a, a team that had a just a solid defensive line anyway. Yeah, so looking at his grade from 2023, Jalen Carter finished 89.0 as a rookie. His pass rush grade, 85.9. His run defense grade, it's another good example, 68.4. That's good for a rookie, right? But overall grade, that's a player that just absolutely lit it up, right? Now, here's the other thing, too. He had problems off the field. That's why he dropped when he did. You guys remember Drew Rosenhaus. I believe it was Drew Rosenhaus was his agent. There were teams wanting to interview him outside of the top ten, and he said no. He said my – my client's not going to make it out of the top 10. I've already got confirmation. I'm not going to put him through Whoops. the having an interview with you guys, right, and ask him the same questions over and over and over. Lo and behold, Philly took him, I think, at number nine. It might have been 10, but may, maybe number nine. So, yeah. Um, it's uh, He's one of those players just absolutely lit it up. So, What were what was some of the things you saw that – like what did you see where you saw that and you were like, oh, that guy, he he's great? Um, He – he looked like a man playing with kids out there. Like he was tossing college players around. He was, and it, it's funny, we, we we just mentioned it earlier, saying that if someone had came out, you know, the year before, he probably would have been the, you know, the best player, uh, you know, 
in the draft or, or at his position. Jalen Carter, hands down, when people were watching the defensive line tape, um, Greg Cosell is one that said this. He said, when I went and watched, he was actually breaking down uh, Jordan Davis. Do you know who Jordan Davis is, Carly? No, I don't. Okay. Jordan Davis was the defensive tackle for the Georgia Bulldogs the year before. Okay. So he was coming out in the draft in 2021. Guess who drafted him? Philadelphia Eagles. So the Philadelphia Eagles drafted him. And I remember specifically hearing Greg Cosell, the civilian goat, as Ross Tucker calls him, um, saying that, yeah, when I went back and watched, uh, when it came time for Jalen Carter last year and they were talking about him, he said, yeah, when I was actually watching the Georgia tape on Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt, he said, hands down, Jalen Carter was the best player on the field. He was better than those two first-round picks the year before. And then when you turn on the tape, and I'm sure Jake will attest to it, he was just – I mean, it's so rare that you see a defensive lineman, even at the college level, just throw guys around. He was an absolute man bear. But, again, had some personal issues coming out of college, so some people were a little bit hesitant on taking him that high, and rightfully so. You know, you you waste a pick on someone and they're a knucklehead. That's, a, you know, a whole different ball game. You know, it's like Johnny Manziel, right? Johnny Manziel looked just absolutely amazing in college. And all the warning signs were there for Johnny Manziel that he was just going to be nothing but a trouble if you drafted him. Um, lo and behold, he's out of the league in just a, just a few years, right? So, um, yeah. Did that answer your question, Carly? Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. It, sometimes the eye test is easy, you know. Um, think, go back and watch Reggie White tape. And I'm not trying to say Jalen Carter is Reggie White. I'm not trying to say it at all. But similar in the difference of – uh, you know, level of competition, right? Level of skill. When you watch Reggie in the NFL, it looked like he was just a a freaking line just playing with his food, right? Those hump moves, just throwing people all over the – that's what you see in the Jalen Carter, his, uh, his last year there in college for sure. So, um, our showers is after my heart right here. He says, I'd like to see us trade down from 25 for the Eagles 50 and 53. We aren't likely to choose a premium position at 25, so I'd like another bite at the apple if they do it. I am 99% of the time, I am team trade back. I, you guys know I'm the most boring football fan on the face of the earth. I'm like, give me multiple shots in the, in the next round rather than just one shot in this round. It's all going to come. That's what she said. <laughs> of course. It's all, it's all going to come down to how their board falls, right? And, uh, and do they have a trade partner? Everybody thinks this is Madden where it's just, all right, let me go see what trades. I, let me pause the draft. <laughs> and go make a trade real quick. That's the best, right? You could right. you're on the clock, but you can pause it. <laughs> yeah. These these trades are already put in place in some cases weeks before, right? They already have tested it. Like, hey, if we are looking to trade back here, we'll probably be looking to get right, right back. You know, like say you get the 25th pick and you want to trade back to say, if you look at your board and go, you know what? I don't like our chances of getting a top tier talent, a current top tier of talent at the 25th pick, but I do like it at say 32, then they'll reach out to like 30, 31 and 32 and say, Hey, if we are willing to trade back, what would you be willing to give us? And if they go, oh, yeah, we definitely looking to go up because they might have a position of need and the board fall a little bit different for them that they'll go, okay, yeah, we'll give you, you know, let's say we'll give, we'll give you a, a third this year and a fourth next year. 
and our, you know, whatever it is, 32nd pick, right? And if they agree to it, they go, yeah, that sounds good. Let's be ready to pull that trigger if everything plays out just right. So when that call comes in, you're on the clock 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever the clock is now. I don't even know what the rules are now. But that call comes in, hey, man, you still good for that trade? Yeah, absolutely we are. Our guy's still there. All right, call it in. That's how those trades take place. The structure's always already in place, uh, you know, a week, two weeks in advance. It's not just a, I don't like how this is sitting. Let's call all the GMs real quick and see what they think, if they'd like to trade. There might be a little bit of that last-second stuff, but for the most part, those trades are already put in place. So, yeah, there you go. Um, any uh, Anything else you guys want to hit on? We're at an hour and seven minutes. This flew by, man. This was a lot of fun. No, I figured we cover a lot of information. Um, Shout-out to Jake in the chat for uh, chiming yeah. in. That's uh, great information for sure. And, uh, you know, it's coming. The draft's going to be here before you know it, guys. I mean – we're already talking about uh, spring football and, you know, senior bowl. And, you know, we're going to have uh, owners meeting soon before you know it. Right. We got this little lull before the, uh, the Super Bowl. Um, you know, not really. I, I don't know. I guess we, what do we call this? Dodgeball week. Is this uh do- dodgeball games, whatever the pro bowl is, <laughs> they uh, jump on trampolines and play tag or whatever they do now, but um, certainly heading towards uh some uh, meaningful decisions about to be made here. That's going to uh, definitely affect the 2024 NFL season. So uh, I'm all eyes and all ears. Yeah. Paul Robertson makes a good point here. He says, uh, our showers, if you do that though, you lose out on the fifth year option on a player. I'm not a big fan of the fifth year option. If you've got a guy extend him, right? Because when you do the fifth year option, it makes things a little more difficult. It's just essentially like a mini franchise tag, right? A cheaper franchise tag. I would much rather, okay, he's our guy. Let's extend him. So you've got the flexibility of the duration of that new contract to move that cap around rather than just kind of hemming yourself up with one hit, which I know with Darnell Savage, we tacked on voidable years and just spread it out. That was a thing that I came to the realization of this year that you're actually allowed to do that. But uh, I would much rather him extend him. I'm not a big fifth year option guy. I wouldn't. Paul, I wouldn't approach it that way, but I know this. NFL GMs completely agree with you because they love that fifth-year option. I mean, Darnell Savage, I tell you, a decision we got to make, I believe it's this year, this offseason, we got to make a decision on Eric Stokes if we're picking up his fifth-year option. I personally hope they pass on it, but um, we'll see how that plays out too. So, Carly, you got anything else? I just – that cornerback named Kool-Aid, I just think he'd probably get along real, real well with Jair. It sounds like it does. Kool-Aid McKinstry. That's uh, awesome. I love it. Some of these names are great, man, for sure. So, All right, let's get out of here. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us. This was a lot of fun. Uh, we will be back in the morning for uh, – is there any other chats you wanted to hit on, Tim? I know you had some marker. Are we good, buddy? You feel good? Yeah, I'm kind of scrolling right now. No, I think we're, I think we're good, other than uh, another classic from Paul Robertson. See, he says, AFAM tested off the charts. Never mind. Wow. <laughs> I don't know why y'all do this to me. All right, we're out of here. We will be back in the morning for Good Morning Lambo. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Um, if you guys would, make sure you hit that like button for us. I know we had a herd of people in here tonight. It'll help boost the algorithm so other Packer fans can find this content, find this channel. Channel's blowing up. We're on our way to 3,000 subscribers now, which is absolutely awesome. 
Twitter's on fire too. We're connecting with a lot of cool people there. We're going to have some good guests coming up this year too. I'm excited about that. So we'll have some, some regular guests on. I'm going to try to reach out to Paul Brettel, see if we can get him back on a regular basis here in the off season too. I was trying not to bug him for a couple of weeks. So I'll reach out and see if he'd like to come on for a weekly spot and just tell us what's on his mind as far as, you know, building the roster out here in the off season. So thank you guys so much for those of you listening on the pod. Thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go back. Go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Yes, our YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet to get an isolation with the with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in. All the way around. If you look at this play, we're trying to get it to see you here. And a see you here. And try to run this play in the alley.